thanks for all you've shown us. But this is how we feel. Come sit next to me, pour yourself some tea. Just like Grandma made when couldn't find sleep. Things were better then, once but never again. We've all left the damn man tight by what is up devil fans it is april 25th at 5 15 p.m and you are listening to the trap welcome everybody my name is bill botch and welcome to the trap podcast i have bill senior and kyle botch on the line with me gentlemen how we doing Pretty good today. Yeah, damn fine. Kyle, where are you at right now? I'm in Jacksonville. I'm in a hotel room for work. Um, it's usually a pretty crappy drive, um, but geez, after last night, nothing can get me down. Yeah, last night was amazing. There is so much to go over. Um, we were so psyched. We wanted to do this last night, but to be honest with you, prior to this year, I had never done a podcast before. We're not, we're not necessarily podcast people by nature, um, which I think we are now at this point, but I just wanted to enjoy that win. That was such an amazing game, and we have a lot to go over. You know, last night felt like basically game three, part two. Um, the team obviously built off of game three. The first two games of the season of the series were a complete disaster. The devils looked completely out of place, um, overwhelmed. And I was really nervous going into game four. The way that I thought about it was you were going to get the Rangers best effort in game four. Um, To me, you were going to get a better effort than you would have in game three. And even in game five, if you really think about it, I think they knew that if they were to win last night in front of their home crowd, they would be up three, one, and it would really kill the devil's probability of being able to pull out an, a, from a three, one deficit. Um, and to be honest in game three, the devils really won by a very short margin. I mean, they, they won in overtime. So I thought that the Rangers were going to give, we're going to have a real push um, in this game. And I was surprised by, I was surprised by the performance that the Rangers put on, but more importantly, I was surprised by the devils as well. What did you guys expect going into this game? I expected a complete blowout. I really did. I, th- I figured that we were going to open up our, our floodgates for scoring. Um, you know, I was worried about it. I thought that that was going to happen in game one, game two, game three. But, um, you know, after getting a little breathing room in, in game three, um, you know, I figured we had, we had this great game in our back pocket waiting to come out. And uh, game four was it. Yeah, I mean, I was I was hoping for a, a dominant win in terms of of goals, where <clears throat> we maybe got four or five goals behind Igor. Um, 
I didn't know what to expect, but that's what I was hoping for. Um, we got the dominance. We may have not gotten the goals, though. Well, obviously, we didn't get the goals, but um, certainly happy with the outcome. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, what, what I was thinking going into the game was, were the Devils going to be able to work off of that glimpse and little glimmer of what we saw in Game 3, where the Devils started to kind of like look like they're look like the Devils that we'd seen all season? Um, and they had a little bit more room in the neutral zone or was were the Rangers going to will themselves to basically shut the middle of the ice down and really work, work the Devils to the outside, not give them many good scoring chances the way they did in games one and two? Um, anybody that says that smaller or speed or fast teams who play off the rush can't play defense really just don't know what they're talking about anymore because um, our speed game has morphed into last night was literally a surgical defensive disciplined clinic that was led by captain Nico Heischer. I thought the team played one of the most Last night was one of the most enjoyable and um, I guess I was just, I respected the way that they won the game as much, if not more than any game I've seen them win all season because of the way that they did it. It was a veteran performance from a group of kids. The Devils learned how to play in the playoffs extremely quickly. It took them two games where they looked like they didn't know what they were doing and it went straight into, I mean, every decision they made with the puck last night was good. Like, they they had been struggling with turnovers throughout, throughout the series. You know, 15 turnovers per game on average. Last night they had seven and zero were from their defensive crew. I just thought that they, they gave what the Rangers, or they, they took what the Rangers gave them, but every decision they made was the right decision as far as puck movement, um, especially on their back end. It was really a really defensive clinic by the team, something that we have yet to see this season. And um, it was really impressive. What did you guys think of the defensive effort last night? I think Siegenthaler and Marino put on a clinic. Um, our, our, you know, everybody on, on our defense played well, but Jonas really, you know, talk about stepping up. He was responsible for the first goal and, you know, the one that gave us, uh, you know, the lead. So I thought that they played great. I thought they played fantastic last night. I thought that it was team Switzerland. Um, they all played really well. Yeah, I thought the defense played extremely well, um, too. Um, it was nice to see our offense playing good defense um, in addition to that because we, we really needed that um, that Palat clear um, on the Schmid, you know, was behind him. Um, seeing your, your offensive guys, um, and especially someone like Palat who – Obviously, he had the the open netter, but contributing in ways that are, you know, 
going to win games. Yeah, I mean, to me, Siegenthaler, uh, he had the best game I've ever seen him play. That was the best Siegenthaler game I've ever seen. And he's a guy who I've continued to root for. I think real Devils fans have a special place in their heart for him. Um, he took the he's a guy that we found who is going unused in Washington and we made a move to bring him in. He looked great. He was one of the best analytic defensive defensemen in the league last year. He takes a team friendly deal. He's quiet. He's a team player. He plays more physical than people give him credit for. And when he was scratched in game two, I think a lot of us were very surprised uh, for Brendan Smith. And Lindy Ruff said that Brendan Smith brought him in for brought Brendan Smith in for physicality. Siegenthaler played so physical in the past two games. I mean, he was trying to take people's heads off at the blue line. And that was a you basically called him soft, and he really made it a point to be known like I am going to play a playoff style of defense right now. I thought physicality wise, he was as physical as anybody on the ice last night. You know, people talk about the Rangers being bigger and more physical and pushing the Devils around a little bit. That wasn't the case at all. I didn't think that the I didn't think the Rangers pushed anybody around. Um, but if you go back and watch, there's multiple times, I would say three or four times, where Siegenthaler tried to take an open ice hit on somebody as they tried to gain the blue uh, the blue line. So that was really nice to see. He had an amazing – he saved the puck from going in uh, behind Schmid and then made an amazing backhand pitchfork pass out of the zone onto Jack Hughes' stick that led directly to a goal. Um so he was involved in both goals in the game. Now he's a guy that doesn't score a ton of goals, but man, he was, he was instrumental last night in the devil's win. The goal by the goal that he scored. Um, and I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but it couldn't have came at a better time. The devils had just forfeited a goal to Vinny Trocek. And, you know, it was a minute and 45 seconds into the third period. I thought that this would have been a very easy time for the devils to lay down or for the devils to be overwhelmed by the energy, by the rush of the Rangers going into that third period. I knew it would probably be the hardest period of hockey that the devils had played all season. And when they came out and scored a quick goal, you thought that the momentum could change, the ice could tilt, the Rangers were at home, the place is going crazy, you got a rookie goaltender in there, you got a bunch of young kids in there who have played a hell of a game, and now all of a sudden it's tied. And they didn't do that at all. In fact, they they withstood a couple rushes and a couple waves from the Rangers and then got right back on the offense. And then that play by Heischer to really set up Siegenthaler was really beautiful. Heischer is yet to get on the board but he's been playing great and he brings the puck into over the blue line and he buys a little time and he, he needled this one. There was very, very, there was such a, there was no room for error and ends up on the stick of Siegenthaler and he beats Shesterkin far side on a really nice goal that rings off the post. It couldn't have happened for a better guy who's been fighting some adversity has maybe not looked himself for the last maybe quarter of the season or 
dealt with some issues. He was wearing the face mask at the beginning of the year. He, you know, obviously had a face facial injury. Siegenthaler is a guy that we can all get behind. And uh, to see him really get the spotlight on Broadway in front of the country, uh, I couldn't be more happy for him. So kudos to uh, kudos so to Jonas well Siegenthaler. Yeah, he's he. Yeah. you know, he's that like one shot of these, was insane. He's one that of these was... unsung hero guys that doesn't get any credit for blocking shots or just, you know, just doing like unsung defensive, you know, moving the puck out of the zone well and shit like that. So it was good to see him, you know, really get on the get on the stat sheet on the scorecard. So well done. Um, now. He gets the pass from Nico Heischer, and Nico Heischer has really been dominant in the playoffs. When he's been on the ice, he's had 68 shot attempts compared to 36 shot attempts, 37 scoring chances compared to 16 scoring chances, 19 to 4 in high danger chances, 37 to 4 in actual shots on goal, and a 76.6 expected goals for percentage. Um. Nico has really been a instrumental part of the success of the Devils in the playoffs so far. You could tell his frustration started to boil over in game three. And when he choked out Fox, to me, that was like the turning point of the season, uh, of the series. And we could joke about it all we want. And I made the Corleone reference and this and that. And it's like, I really think that like him, when he gets angry, you know, they brought it up on the broadcast last night. When he gets really mad, people on the team pay attention because he is such a calm, cool, collected kid. But you could tell he, it started to boil over. He hasn't scored yet in the playoffs. He's on like an eight game goal drought, but he is, he has been a, a real um, influential player so far in these games. Um, the line with him and Brat and Timo, and then they ended up moving Timo down, and they brought Tatar up to play with them. I don't, I don't see them ever getting hemmed in our own zone. It's pretty much all offense when they're on the ice. Uh, what do you guys think of the performance so far from our captain? He's been incredible. He's been, you know, one of the best players on the ice for sure. Um, Moving team Timo onto Jack's line didn't I I don't think that hurt. I didn't didn't think that um Tatar up there, you know, I didn't think that that didn't that affected us. He's he makes everybody around him better. Um that's just that's just who he is. Watching watching Jack Hughes too throw the body and take those big hits and just stand in there. Well well Timo didn't play with Hughes. They they didn't they switch up and he ended up going down to the down? he went down to the third line. No, I thought they moved. Um, I thought they moved plot down and and Timo was playing with Hughes. I, I'm sure I'm wrong, but regardless, it was just the fact that you could put you could put Mercer up there and Mercer's going to shine. You could put Tatar up there; he's going to shine. No matter Brat's been has Brat played better this season. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with Nico. Yeah, obviously. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What, what, wait, what do, you, what do you mean by Brett playing better this season? Are you saying? 
I'm saying Brat playing up with um, with Nico. It's just like has Brat had better games than the past couple games? Oh since right, he got moved up. It's like Nico makes everybody around him better. Yeah, he's like, been better this postseason playing with Nico. His effort, his effort, and you know his physicality as far as his toughness and not being physical, trying to lay people out, but but taking. You know, taking all those hits to protect the puck and open up ice, it's he's 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 our captain for a real good reason. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's not to love about Nico Heischer's performance last night? Um, obviously, the pass was just bonkers. Um, you know, he's blocking shots. He, you know, kind of runs the net on Igor. Um, which I don't think was a dirty play. I think it was just a, a, a hard play crash in the net. And, you know, that's what we, that's what we really need. Um, yeah. I mean, just what, what, what can you say about that? Um, I do think that, that we, we need to, to execute a little bit better on some of these high danger scoring opportunities, just because um, you do kind of have to, to hand it to, to Igor, you know, we can't rely on Akira Schmid to to continue to you know just completely shut them down. We have to we have to start scoring on you know five on five, in my opinion. But not to not to bring things down, but that was just one observation. Um, so in, in skate, in right now, the Rangers in skating um, at expected goals for for five on five. They're the lowest of every team in the playoffs with a 2.09 because all their goals have come off the power play. They've had four goals in the series come off of the power play. So five on five, they're not actually playing very well. I thought the Devils defense did a great job last night limiting high danger scoring chances against Schmidt. He really didn't have a ton of hard looks. Um, he obviously played really well, but he he definitely he wasn't as smooth as he was in game three. He was still, I mean, he let up one goal, but um, there were a couple of rebounds that popped out. Very few. I'm not, he played great. There's no doubt about it. But I'm just saying he, um, the Devils did a really good job in front of him of making sure that there weren't any, too many high danger scoring chances. So uh, th- that was well done. Meanwhile, the Devils at five on five, they have an expected goals of 2.84, which put, puts them at fifth in the NHL. So there is a big disparity of five-on-five play so far. So if the Devils can manage to try to stay out of the box, which you go into special teams, and the Devils really did a great job on the special on special teams last night. You know, you look at what I think they're doing is I think that they are being a little more aggressive on the puck when they're on the penalty kill. And they're finding the fine line between being aggressive and being overly aggressive. If you're overly aggressive, the Rangers power play has some of the best passers in like NHL history. So if you have, I mean, every player on their power play is, is very, very good. So Patrick Kane can slice you apart when it comes to passing. Panarin can slice you apart when it comes to passing. Fox is probably the best quarterback on a power play in the NHL. We ended up with three penalty kills and we just found that really we have that good amount of pressure to where it makes a, a, a defender uncomfortable or a, 
a power play, whoever's running the power play, it make, the defender is making them feel uncomfortable and they have to move the puck around, yet they're not getting caught out of position and not leaving one guy wide open. So I think the adjustments, and we, we kind of got on Lindy Ruff for the way that he handled how he didn't make any adjustments from game one to game two, you have to really acknowledge what he's done with the team as far as the penalty kill goes over the past two games. It's been it's been night and day, and I think we've given them quite a bit of opportunities. Realistically, there's going to be between three and four penalties on the Devils per night. If you could, I think three is the magic number. If you could keep it at three penalty kills per night, and you can play the way that you've been playing on the, on the kill, it puts the Devils in a really good position to succeed. Um, you know. Our power play, I, I don't – we haven't really done much on, on the power play. Um, what, what do you guys think of our special team so far? I mean, obviously the penalty kill has been good, but, like, what do you think – I mean, what is there anything that you would change? Or, I mean, like, you look at, like, a guy like Halla on the penalty kill has been amazing, and we're going to get into him too. Um, but is there is there anything I – mean, what do you think of our power play? What do you think of the penalty kill? I think it's I think it's the same thing as you're seeing. The top two guys, your forwards on the penalty kill, are are being much more aggressive, and yet we're still avoiding that cross ice pass for the one timer. Um, they they they're doing a great job. I hate I hate watching them take penalties because I know how dangerous it is with a team like the Rangers, but they they. They've managed to shut it down. I wish we could make more of our opportunities on on the power play. I don't think that you know special teams win the you know their low scoring games in the in the playoffs and special teams win games. And we're not going to win a lot of games if we don't start scoring some goals on the power play. Do you agree with that, Kyle? I do. I do. And again, I think we're just, you know, we said it on the last podcast that I feel like we're, we're playing with fire for giving them, you know, again, we had three penalties last night. I'm pretty sure. Um, it's like you want to minimize those opportunities as much as possible, just because that's where they take advantage and can really, you know, execute our penalty kill did fantastic last night. Um, in terms of our power play, I'd probably like to see Brat carry the puck into the zone and set up, as opposed I to as opposed to Jack. Um, I feel like you know he's a little bit more sound with the puck and can gain you know gain the offensive zone really well and let things get settled. Yeah, like I, I would like to see Jack when he's when he's trying to get in the zone on the power play, he uses his speed. He backs everybody up. It's like hit the brakes, hit the brakes, and like move things around. Like he just continues to try to gain the zone even further, and then he gets himself in outnumbered, and it turns into, it's it's not it's not a well designed or it's not a high danger, um, not high danger, but high completion percentage to get the puck to one of his fellow teammates. I feel like it's, 
He's outnumbered. It's not structured enough. It's not structured enough. And I feel like if you're trying to set up for the power play, Brack gives us the the best chance to again just get he's, settled and then and then and then you could start the with the passing right. and everything. He's, he's definitely more patient with the puck. He's not as willing to to make that first pass. He's he kind of waits until it's set, until everybody's in the zone. Um, That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, so uh, you're you're gonna take penalties though, so it's like we have to we have to understand that there are going to be penalties called in the game instead of we we freak out over every call. You want to keep it under you want to keep it under four. Two penalties in the last four minutes of the first period. How much did that freak you out? Well, there was three penalties the entire game. So I think if you right. were to sign up for three penalties today for tomorrow's game, you would take it. You would, I take, would take it. it. So yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the guys I'm just who, saying that it made you stand for the entire game. Yeah. One of the guys who I really think was to me one of the best players on the ice last night was John Marino. And we can get into his um that pairing has looked very very good lately. On ice expected goals against 039 on ice expected goals for 0. 0.624. They have been very good. Nobody compares to what the Siegenthaler Hamilton uh, duo did last night. 0. 0.889. Um, yeah, I just, our defensive core, that was the best game I've seen our defense play in the entire season. They, they literally only gave uh, the, they only took what was given to them. They made every smart play. They were able to make stretch passes. They were able to, when the time was right, get our forwards the puck um, with speed. They executed their passes better. And more importantly, they engaged in offense. There was a lot of third player defensemen engaging as a trailer, jumping into the game, into the offensive game. Hamilton was like a shark out there last night. He was everywhere. He was on offense. He was swarming and trying to jump into the play as much as possible. And when you have that kind of play from the back end, it makes a huge difference as to the whole the whole flow of the game, really. It's like that's what Dougie Hamilton is for. It's like you see that's what they want Fox doing too. But if you have the puck in your own end, it's hard for them to do. It's like the best defense is offense kind of thing. So, um, but – the defensive structure, I mean, the de it looked like the Devils took a play out of the Rangers playbook where they didn't give him any part of the middle of the ice. Panarin and Zibanejad are nowhere to be found. Patrick Kane looks like he's old and washed up. Um, and they just kept everything to the outside, and they made, you know, they made Schmid make easy saves, uh, which made his life easier. And they kept bragging about and, and bringing up about how good Schmid moves the puck, and it's like, I don't really see him move the puck too much, but apparently um, it makes a big difference and they feel comfortable with him back there as far as maybe putting them in situations that are a little bit easier with his puck play. Have you guys noticed that Schmid is exceptionally well moving the puck? I mean, we see what Shesterkin does, and it's like Shesterkin could pass the puck all over the right. ice. I didn't really see that so much with Schmid, but they a couple of the, a couple of the defensemen have brought that up so far. I just think he looks more comfortable with the puck on his stick where, you know, 
a lot of times VTech or Blackwood wouldn't look as comfortable. They, you know, indecisive whether to come out and grab it and throw it to or which way they're going. And he kind of looks like he knows where he's going as soon as he gets it on his stick. I feel pretty good with him handling. The yeah. I, 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 I remember you actually saying something, um, uh, game three dad about he looks really comfortable handling the puck. And again, it's not real flashy. He's not doing those, you know, stretch passes that, that Igor is doing, but he's it's subtle kind of under the radar, just sound hockey, um, you know, kind of like his play is just very, um, Calm and making the right choices. Yeah, exactly. Again, he's not trying to, to get too flashy or, or do anything. He's just setting up his his uh, you know our defenseman for the best opportunity to break out in the best way. Yeah, yeah. I just I was I was so impressed with the with the defensive effort that the team game gave, and and it wasn't just the defenseman. Like you brought up, it was our forwards too. It was our wingers everybody played hard and you look at like a guy like Jesper Boquist and it's like Boquist played so hard last night. He's undersized and he went out there and he did everything that he had to do. I was really impressed with Boquist's game. Um, especially cause that fourth line has had a little bit of trouble. Uh, I didn't think they played particularly great in game three. Lazar didn't get a ton of ice time. Uh, let's pull it up. Let's see where we're at. So Lazar only got four minutes and 58 seconds of ice time, and Bastion got six minutes of ice time, but Jesper Boquist got almost nine minutes of ice time. He had a shot on goal. He had a couple good opportunities where he was forechecking, and he was playing really hard. Like, Did you guys notice the physicality out of Jesper Boquist last night? Yeah, and Lindy even let him on at the end of the game there, you know, using him as a defensive tool. Um, so he's got a lot of confidence in him. I think he I, – I have no problem with the way – Boquist is playing right now. He's, you know, he's hanging in there. He's getting, you know, banged around behind the net. I think he's doing a really good job. Yeah, I, I love his play. Um, I'm really glad that they, you know, Lindy is committed to to playing him. Um, I think he plays really well along the boards, and he just plays with a lot of grit. And again, not super flashy, you know, Probably is going to come up on the score sheet a ton, but um, but just a solid player, some some the kind of guy that you need right now. Yeah, I also you know what was good for me was it was seeing Palak get that empty net goal, and you know everybody knows the deal with Palat. It's like he's probably the most respected person in the locker room. He's a big dude who this is his first year with the team. Let's be real, like Palat's dealing with a pretty significant injury that he's coming off of early this year. I'm not trying to make any excuses for him either. I'm just saying it typically, it takes some guys some time to to heal and to get back into their regular form. Um, and he's been fighting it a little bit, but you could tell he's still trying to do all the things necessary in able, you know, when it comes to physicality or going into the corner for pucks or blocking a shot or saving a goal from going in. And to see him get on the board, uh, I think it goes a long way because it's been a long time. And I know a lot of those guys in the room are, are really look up to him and they want to see him succeed. And he's a guy like an empty net goal 
last night isn't just a regular empty net goal. That that was a big goal that iced the game, and um, it was good to see Palat get on the board. He his analytics looked pretty good too. So he he was you know he had twenty four shifts and played for over seventeen and a half minutes in the game. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, on Palat? I was really happy to see him score. Uh, game three, Kyle. What was my saying? You owe us. You know, I wanted. Yeah, I just wanted to see. The reason why we picked him up is his his playoff ability, and I really wanted to see him. You know, give us what he gave Tampa. And I, I know the the groin surgery and stuff. That's that's. You know, he's not a hundred percent, but. He did. He played well last night, and he is a tough guy, and he, he plays in all the hard parts of the ice, and he does a lot of stuff just like it took took me a long time to see, um, you know, Hala's. Uh, oh, boy. We're going to get I into know. him. It took, it took me a real long time, and you guys were right, and I was wrong. I admit it. Eric, um, Eric Hala was the next guy we were going to cover. Eric Hala was – he was brilliant last night. Eric Hala literally was – it literally felt like – Hall was um follow me boys you know what i mean and if you and you watch that video that the devils posted where Hall was mic'd up during game 3 and you hear him talking and you hear him supporting Hughes on the bench listen when you think you're moving slow know that you got me and Polly right behind you and you don't have anything to worry about and we got your back and we're going to win pucks for you and saying all this stuff on the bench he is engaged in every after the whistle he is engaged with um he was engaged with Tarasenko. He drew a penalty. He was all over the ice last night. To me, I thought Eric Halla, besides Jack Hughes and Siegenthaler, was the third best player on the t- on the team last night. He was he was just he's leading, and they're fo- and they're following him. All the kids are following Halla. If you ask me, he looks like the big brother who might not have you know had the greatest regular season, but now is showing like what it takes to be a man in the playoffs. And I was beyond impressed with Hall's performance last night. Yeah, that video was awesome, too. I mean, it was really good, and that's the kind of stuff that you don't see or, you know, that I definitely did not see the first third of the season. I I, I just I just expected points from him, and you really, you know, you know that they bring people in to the organization for different reasons, and, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a numbers guy, too. And he's somebody that didn't show up on the score sheet earlier on in the season. But as you could see, Jack Hughes has played his best hockey alongside Halla. They said that Jack Hughes has been super tight with Halla and kind of looked up to him as the season went on. Um, I like Halla playing on the wing with Hughes because he can also win faceoffs. And with the amount of time that Hughes is on the ice, um, it's good to have somebody that's really strong in the in the faceoff circle. You've seen him get on the board down the stretch. He's started to pick up. He's had like, I guess it's like seven goals or eight goals in his last you know month of the season. Um, he's somebody that just to me has really turned a corner and became a leader on this team. And you wonder what a contract is going to look like for Halla going into next year. I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils wanted to keep him and sign him to maybe like a two-year deal, something like that, if he's willing to take a hometown discount. He is a guy who he's brought up that he wants to find a house here. He's got a family. Um, Don't be surprised if Halla 
takes a sweetheart deal with the Devils. Well, that wouldn't hurt, would it? I think that'd be be a great thing. Yeah, I think it'd be a great thing. And I didn't see, you know, I didn't see what he what he could do. Um, Just like you know, Nico hasn't been on the score sheet, but through the playoffs, you see, he's like, you know, he's our backbone. So, you know, right when it comes to the score sheet, the main guy that sticks out and the guy who stole the show last night was our boy Jack Hughes and. Jack Hughes put on a show at the Garden, which seems to be his M.O. That's his place. You could tell he loves playing under the bright lights in New York City. He led all skaters in expected goals in all situations at 0.67. But, you know, the amount of time that he carries the puck and what he's able to do as far as keep the defenseman honest and create space and play with speed. All that is what makes Jack Hughes one of the most up-and-coming dynamic players in the NHL. But last night was a side of Jack Hughes that I have not seen before that warmed my heart. I mean, I have been very tough on Jack Hughes because I like players who are responsible defensively are do not turn the puck over are willing to sacrifice their body and jack hughes did all of that last night jack hughes literally had a coming out party as far as becoming a playoff player i'm not even talking about the goal i'm talking about playing physical he was he was literally playing physical he was using his body to wedge players off he was being patient with the puck and not getting it and throwing it all over the ice, trying to create plays that weren't there. He was, he had a ton of patience. He, he gave what the Rangers, um, he took what the Rangers gave them. He, he did. He, taking he taking that to, shot from Fox, man. And then tried, going right across block, after Trocek. Block, it was like, block, that was trying awesome. To, yeah. He, you know, trying to block shots and just, a part of Jack Hughes that we have yet to see. This is this is a new this is a new side of his game and he was willing to do whatever it took and when you see your young undersized superstar player taking pucks and I mean he op- he open ice hit Trocheck. No, absolutely. I saw that. Um and it's like and he and he did it good. Like it wasn't like some he weak, did, it was a real hit. <laughs> it was a real hit. And he's starting to fill out, and he wants to be a bigger part of this team, and he wants to be a leader, and he wants to be a superstar. And it's games like last night that are in the playoffs on the most grandiose stage. That's when you really make a mark for yourself in the NHL. And I could not have been more proud of the way that he played. It was the most well-rounded game Jack Hughes has ever played, in my opinion. So you had Jonas Siegenthaler playing probably the best game I've seen him play ever as a pro and you had Jack Hughes playing the the most well-rounded game I've ever seen him play. It was it was super encouraging for two players that are going to be a part of the Devils for at least the next 5 years. So that was really cool. You have to, you know, if we're going to come on and we're going to bash Lindy Ruff when he doesn't make any adjustments or when he, you know, gives the team off the day after an ass whooping, then we have to, you know, praise him when he has a team that comes out and that's not necessarily their game, but he had them playing like it was, it was the most professional um, 
veteran-like playoff performance I've seen from a Devils team in oh, 12 years, really. I mean, like, let's be real. So uh, shout out to Lindy Ruff. And he and he got he managed the roster correctly. Um, so let's let's forgive Lindy Ruff and at least acknowledge the fact that if we're going to bash him when we're when when he makes these horrible lineup decisions, then we should at least um, give him the benefit of the doubt when he plays the right players and then the players play not only up to their capabilities, but maybe play a little bit out of their comfort zone and play really smart in such an important game that basically their season was riding on. I, I thought that it, he, he outcoached Gerard Gallant. Yeah. It, you got to give him a, you got to give him a sorry, Lindy. Um, he, he did. He got them to play mistake-free hockey, which they did. And you got to see, like you said, seeing Hughes, you know, a lot of the turnovers come just avoiding hits, and you don't want to see him play the regular season. You don't want to see him, you know, going around and playing physical because that's not who he is. Um, but you do want to see when it comes playoff time, he's stepping up and playing that game. I, I was really proud of him too. I thought that I thought he did a great job. Lindy Lindy made the adjustments. He made the adjustments on the penalty kill. You know, they they definitely they had to have adjusted. They're definitely more aggressive. So, you know, kudos to Lindy. Yeah, and and you think about him, I mean, he was out coached in games one and two, and I think he out coached Gerard Gallant in games three and four. And then you see the response that Gerard Gallant has in the press afterwards. And it it was harsh. I mean, he he said a lot of things like he said basically, my team doesn't listen to me. Um he he brought up um, he brought up uh, the fact that he thought Panarin and Zibanejad have not been as productive as he needs them to be. The two of them have a combined to- total of two points in eight games. Um, you have the fact that uh, he brought up that the team's too busy complaining about the linemen and the faceoff circle than they are about winning the game, like stuff like that. So he really kind of laid into them. And we're going to invite another New York Ranger media personality to the show. And he's going to give us his point of view on what he's seeing from his team and what he's seeing from the Devils uh, as the, the two finish up game four in this playoff series. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Anthony from Forever Blue Shirts. Anthony, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how are you? How's everything? Thanks for having me on. You got it. So this has been a tale of two stories um, between games one and two and games three and four. Um, I was at the games at the Prudential Center, and it was an ass-kicking to say the least. I mean, the the Rangers really had their way with the Devils, and um, it was hard to sit through. Those were some of the most embarrassing losses that I've ever witnessed live. Um And then games three and four hit, and it seems like the Devils kind of grew up really quick and learned how to play playoff hockey in a matter of, you know, I guess it was 72 hours. Um, what, What is the difference that you're seeing between games one and two and games three and four from the Rangers side of the view? We're always talking about the Devils. What do you you see in different from the Rangers? Okay, so when you look at the series – 
right? And you take the first two games, there definitely is, there definitely was a bit of an experience on the devil side, right? Playoff hockey is a different animal. And when you haven't experienced it, yeah, you know, Dougie Hamilton, a couple of guys, but you still have to go through the process. And probably the, probably some of the best things that happened to the Devils was getting their asses handed to them, so to speak. Those first two games, because it, it, it really, it humbles you and, you know, puts you back on your heels and you have to go, okay, we, we have to work harder and we have to, we have to do better. Uh, and I think the Devils overall have done that, uh, you know, as a, as a group. And I, and I, and I, you and I kind of engaged after I posted my, um, uh, devil's rangers prediction and you obviously read it went through it and i think you had a laugh that i gave the, the rangers the edge at forward i'm sure you weren't laughing after the first two games sure. um but you know at the end of the day i think the biggest the biggest the biggest thing that has turned this series around has been akira schmidt right so he's been fantastic he's been solid unfazed looks good um i think the biggest, the biggest difference between him and uh, Vanacek is he can play the puck a little bit better. I think that helps the Devils transition faster, and I think it impacted the Rangers' forecheck. Now, I know you say it's the tale of two, you know, two, two, two different games, I guess, or two different sets of games. But the truth is, it really wasn't because in Game Three. The Rangers could have won that game. They had several chances in overtime. They had several chances that could have gone in and credit the Devils for finding a way, right? So they came up, they got a big win. The Rangers, the last game, if you felt embarrassed, right, say as a fan, those two, I think every Ranger fan felt embarrassed at what they saw in game four. I I don't know if there's any other way to quantify or qualify that effort. And I think Gallant really ripped into them. He ripped into a lot of his play. <sighs> Did he ever? Um, and, and, and not for nothing, you should, right? Uh, Lindy Ruff, after those two games, he had to play it differently. He has a young and experienced team. The last thing he wants to do is crush them and embarrass them. He he's like kept it up. And, you know, listen, it's coach speak, man. It's nothing but cliches when they come to the media, right? <laughs> so it's not, they're not going to really delve into what they said, right? So, so when you have that, when you have a coach like Gallant, and then they, they kind of open up and they say things like that, you go, all right, now, now, now you caught my attention because normally that's not something we normally hear. Otherwise it's all sure. usual cliches, right? So I, I, I think the Rangers should be embarrassed. I think, I think, First off, credit the Devils for responding. So don't no one should take away anything from the Devils for responding. And I think they've played hard. I don't think they've been I don't think it a lot of the players that you're banking on have done much. Let's be honest, this has been the Jack Hughes show. Jack Hughes is the best player in this series, not named Igor Shosturkin. Or Akira Schmid. So outside of the goaltenders, yep. Jack is undoubtedly the best player in the series. Maybe it was looking like Adam Fox in the beginning, and may, or you could have said Chris Kreider. Sure, they got sure. the goal. But every time Hughes steps on the ice, he is a factor. He puts fear in you, which is something you would expect from Artemi Panarin or Mika Zibanejad to a lesser extent. Oof. I'm not even, yeah. I'm not, I'm not even going to put that on Patrick Kane 
or Vladimir Tarasenko. They were brought here to help you win the cup. They weren't brought here to win the cup. Those are the guys that need to be stepping up. And right now, I believe they have a handful of assists between the between them after four games. And yep. if I'm a Devils fan, right? All right, I'm. I mean, players. <laughs> I love this. Players don't worry, right? The players <laughs> don't worry because they are in control, right? It's the same thing, right? You sweated it out. Don't tell me you didn't watch the game last night. Not sweating it out, even when it was three, when even was two to one, and the Devils were really were dominating and controlling play. You just because you just go. All it takes is one fluky goal off a skate or a butt, and it's over. Correct. And and, and that's totally and again. That's not that's not them on the ice. They're like they they're, they're in the moment and they have control of their. They feel they have the control of their destiny. It's us that go through it and like just like like having pains throughout the entire contest. But anyway, the past the past two games have been serious nail biters. I mean, like I mean, basically the Devils' season would have been over if we would have lost either of those games. Well, yes, and again, that's why I'm saying credit the Devils. Because I think they, they responded, they did well. If I'm a Devils fan, right now I'm trying having trying to having a website and, and writing about the team, you know, you, you have to try and say, okay, if I'm gonna be any good at this, I can't wear Ranger colored glasses, right? And as totally. a Devils fan, you also have to try and also not wear devil colors glasses as best as possible. It's it's not easy. At the same time, we know who our audiences are and they want you to wear those glasses and sure. they, they, whatever good or bad. So it, it's funny. It's always like, it's, the, it's always the extremes and it's always the lows. Either you're the best team in the world or you're the, yeah. the crappy that ever played. Right. I know. I know. I, I like, I like to call things as I see them. I feel like it adds like a little more validity to what you're saying. You know what I mean? Everything can always be, you know, like you said, you can't, you can't be a Homer. You know what I mean? Um, you know, one of the things that, that sticks out to me the most over the first two games was obviously the Rangers power play and the Rangers power play is deadly. It's chalked with some of the best. I mean, it's literally some of the best players at those positions. If you were to handpick players and put Patrick Kane out there to pass the puck around or Panarin to pass the puck around or Fox to quarterback a power play or Kreider in front of your net or Mika in the bumper for a, a one-timer, I mean, they would be they would start on any power play in the entire league, and um, and you saw they had four goals in two games. I and what do you think has happened to the Rangers' power play over the last two games? Um, I believe they're zero for seven. Uh, you know, over the over through games three and four. What has happened to them? The Devils have happened to them. Simple. The Devils realized they gave them too much time and space to play, to operate with a puck. They weren't aggressive. They didn't go after anybody. They didn't, they didn't close the, the window of opportunities. And they got burned. And they got burned bad. And the Rangers, as soon as as soon as they they face a little bit of pressure, they 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 almost can't they, they almost cannot help themselves, and they just keep passing it around the perimeter, and. Don't get it. Don't nobody fights to get to the front of the net. And I think that's been that's definitely been the biggest difference with the power play. They've gotten away from looking for a tip or deflection in front, which is what which is how that which is what Kreider did. He dominated right in front of the net on the power play. And the Rangers are not finding those lanes because they don't have the time. And when they don't have the time, they don't seem to want to. It's almost like they refuse to just take a. Just take a, just whip one at the net and pray to 
pray something happens break the chain here and like okay hey maybe it goes off a skate maybe it goes off like you just never know they still it's almost like well somebody's going to be open and we'll try this long long ice pass and west pass we'll score into an empty net It, it it doesn't work that way and the rangers obviously have to respect the fact that the devils are being aggressive and the rangers have not done all well all year on any pk that's been aggressive and the devils probably saw some tape and go that's what we got to do and if we, and if we leave a man open and we and they find a way to get the puck to him and we get burned so, so be, be it, it. Yep. The, the worst thing we can do is be passive and let them pass it around until they beat us like we just we're just allowing them to beat us by passing i we, couldn't agree more too many options just too like many said, options too much time right so i think that's it, i credit the devils that's been the biggest thing yeah, I, I was, you know, to me, it was like the Devils had to find that fine line between being aggressive on the power play and not being caught completely out of position. And they finally started doing that in games three and four. But yeah, we gave them way too much time to move the puck around in games one and two. And it bit us in the ass. Kreider was wide open in front of the net. And he's like, he's got some serious hands in front of the net, man. It's very, very impressive. Um, you know, going into game four i thought that that would be the hardest game of the series because you figured the rangers knew if they let the devils win this game in front of their home fans not only are they gonna they're gonna hear from the new york media but also you could this is a chance to really put them away it would be very hard for the devils to come back from a 3-1 deficit um i so i i kind of expected the rangers to really be all over the devils and for the devils to face waves of offense um, throughout the game, obviously it was going to be tight, um, but what I was a little surprised by the effort. It looked like the effort of the Rangers or the willingness to get into some of the dirty areas or the physicality that the Rangers brought. Um, do you are you concerned about that at all going into Game Five? It's hard not to be. Uh, I think. I think the listen if and I think the Devils. When I look at the two teams, I think the Devils can certainly win around. I don't think they can win the Stanley Cup this year. I think they need the experience. You need a lot of things to break right. I don't think they're there yet. That's just me being honest. Even if they get by sure. the Rangers, right? Yep. They the, the thing about the Devils is like <laughs> the winner of this series, I almost feel like is going to punch is going to have a, a an easier path to get to the Eastern Conference final than what's going to and then in the atlantic if boston and toronto face off it's going to be nasty right and that Ooh, yeah happens, right but the hurricanes are hurting they they've got no svechnikov i think teravine is out i mean they're a beaten and battered team they're already light like you could easily i mean they, they're lucky they drew the the islanders let's just sure be sure the Islanders can't score to save their lives right I know they had that expl- that little like explosion, but they really can't score to save their lives. So the Hurricanes should get by and sit, sitting there waiting for the Rangers or the Devils. And I, I just I just look at the Rangers and Devils teams stacked up against the Hurricanes. I'm like they can they could eat either one of these teams. Oh, totally. But can you can can anyone beat Toronto or 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 Boston? Because Toronto, after what I mean, I actually had Tampa to win the series, and yep. I thought Tampa was looking pretty solid, but. Toronto. That was an impressive comeback last night. Yeah, I think I think Toronto is is sick of losing. 
I think, you know what I mean when you say you got to go through the process? There's no team that is as talented as the Maple Leafs that just continue to find ways to lose in the first round. Just yeah. continue. When you look at that team and you go, how do they not win a playoff series? I mean, goaltending is their issue. It's going to continue to be their Achilles heel. Yep. But that team was like, well, you score four, we're going to score five. Yep. I don't think that's going to work against Boston, but again, that's, that's going to be a good one. That'll be a good one against an old Tampa Bay team, sure. But we, you know, when, when I look at the Rangers going into Game Five, I actually truly believe they're going to they're going to respond. I also think they they're a better road team than they are a home team. I, their record showed that they actually had a slightly better road record than they did a home record this year, and I felt the same way uh, like about them last year. Um, although last year in the playoffs they went eight and two at home. They're already off to an zero and two start, so not so good for them. I know that they can find they they can do it. Start with Shesterkin. You know he's going to be solid. Sure. I think defensively, the Rangers have been outstanding. I think they've limited. I'll be honest with you. As a Devils fan, is there anybody on the Devils actually impressing you outside of Jack Hughes? I know Siegenthaler got the game winner, and I know Dougie Hamilton got the game winner. But where has been – where is Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer? Where is Timo Meyer? Where are these guys that you were expecting to actually – Sure provide you some offense the rangers have gotten plenty of offense it, it certainly dried up in these last two games and and honestly i think the rangers were were good in game three and could have gone either way yep. and credit credit schmied for, for for being rock solid in net as a rookie and by the way he looked shakier last night than he did in the first game because all of a sudden and, and just think about it he has no pressure in game three like he loses I guess it's expected, right? Yeah. It's funny that you bring that. It's funny that you bring that up because pressure is something that I I wanted to ask you about. Do you feel like there's you know, now the game is now the series is tied and they just gave up a, a two, a two game lead on the series. They got, you know, they're thinking about last, do you think last year pops into any of this? I mean, the, the New York media, the, I feel like the Rangers have so much more pressure on them to win this series than the Devils do, despite them, you know, despite the Devils finishing higher in the regular season. I just feel like they had the playoff experience last year. Do you think that this, that this, is there an overwhelming amount of pressure on them that could potentially impact the rest of the series? I don't think, I honestly think they're, they should be a, a good enough veteran group. And after last year, I don't think that that matters to them. Matter of fact, if anything, the, that would be having that pressure, having people talk, making them the underdog is probably better for them. They probably sure. rather that, right? Because that kind of alleviates the pressure a little bit. And everyone's like, oh, we're done. We're done. Well, we're going to show them we're not done. And I, I, like I said, I keep looking at the Rangers and I, and I look at last season and I saw what they did, you know, against the Penguins and, and what they did against – they they definitely have the ability. For me, trying to look at the team going, well – you can't win a cup if you're going to go seven every round. So you're going to run out of gas. You did against yep. Tampa Bay. If you if you if you're going to go seven with the Devils, and if you do get by them, and you're going to go six or seven with the Hurricanes, what's going to happen when you take on the Bruins or, or the Leafs? Right. I mean, it, you just can't do it. I looked at the. You look at the uh, Colorado Avalanche last year. They won the Stanley Cup, and when and, and sometimes you don't think about it, but I looked at it and I went. That team went 16 and four. They wow. lost four games. That's insane. The biggest threat was the Blues, where it looked like the Blues could actually beat them. 
right? Because the Blues won two two games. It, it's just like you've got to get you've got to get through your opponents early because you've got to give yourself time to heal because it only gets harder round by round. It's just that's the nature of it. I mean, you're playing for the Stanley Cup. It's only supposed to get harder and harder. So I don't – I think the Rangers pressure-wise are okay. I think they're going to respond. I think they'll feel less pressure playing in Jersey. I think the first goal is going to be key. Oh, my God. It's going to be absolutely pivotal in, in, in game five. Who scores first? But like I said, if I'm the de- if I'm the Devils, right, now, this – if Shmeet's going to start, right? So I'm looking at it and I'm like – he now now he's got to be like okay it's my series now i'm i'm the guy and i've got to play i've got to step up and he was he was good yesterday not as good as in game three game three he was ice water in his veins type shit yeah you heard ray ferraro he was like like economic economical movements all game like he's just there he's just there he's just there and several times last night he was Puck squirted through. He he was he looked a little shaky. He still made the saves. Like he, if he if he saw some some of the shots, he made the saves. So I I, I just would like to. See, it's been interesting how he responds. And the best thing that happened for the Devils yesterday. And 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 again, it's isn't hockey amazing? It's a game of inches. The Rangers have two glorious opportunities. Yep. To score and. It's just, it's just, it's just a, it's just a blind clear. Just throw it out of the zone. Yep. And pitch, pitchforked it out. And Hughes is gone. And Hughes <laughs> scores. And all of a sudden, the kid can relax. You've got a lead, and you can play. You got to play a little bit more comfort. I would like to have known if, if the Rangers would have scored first, how he would respond. So that to me, first goal is going to be key tomorrow. And for the Devils, I mean, they can't change a thing. They've got to be aggressive. They got to go all out. Be smarter. Be wise of them to stay out of the penalty box. They 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 do tend to take quite a few penalties. Stay out of the penalty box. But somebody other than Jack Hughes has to step up because I think the Rangers are going to key in on Hughes for the rest of it. I mean, listen. Let's face it. He's a superstar. He is. He he was before any of that controversy between who should go Hughes or Kako, Hughes or Kako. Nobody knew about Kako until he had a great tournament, and he was like, was like, oh, my God, this kid. And, and by the way, he's super talented, Kako. I think he's, he's going to slowly find this game once he gets a little bit more ice time. He plays 12 minutes a game. I mean, you right. guys can realize that, right? Right. People who are complaining, he plays 12 minutes a game and gets no power play time. But when he, as a Devils fan, you see him, he's, a, he's an absolute beast on the puck. He's he, good along the boards. Yeah, he's great along the boards. He controls it. Once he starts finishing a little bit more, once he starts going more towards the middle of the ice, it's going to click for him. But Hughes was being gushed about for years as right. going in one overall for years. He, of course, he's by far a superior talent. He was known for years. The the Rangers are going to not only are they going to focus on him, but I, I'm you know I know this won't go over well, but I'm I'm pretty sure that. Given an opportunity, Truba is going to look to hit him hard. And I would also keep an eye on Schneider, right? Both Truba and Schneider play a very similar game where they do tend to look for that guy coming over, you know, head down and try to put a shoulder into his chest. So, so you, you, know, you, know what, you know what sticks out to me is in games one and two, I just feel like the Rangers played so well defensively. And then in game three, 
you saw the middle of the ice open up a tiny bit. And when that opened up, and then I thought that I thought that game four was going to be, well, if the Rangers can the Rangers tighten back up the way that they did in games one and two, or will the Devils, now that they have a little confidence, be able to possibly use their transition game more? Because Jack Hughes is only good if our defensemen are able to hit him in transition. He is a transitional player who likes to work off of the rush and I mean, he plays with the puck on his stick a lot. But in games one and two, he was a non-factor because he didn't have any ice. It's like, do you think that you're going to see more open ice moving forward? Or do you think that the Rangers are going to be able to try to get back to what they did in the beginning of the series and really clog up the middle, the neutral zone in the middle of the, of the ice for the Devils? I'll, I'll say, just to take what you just said, Hughes is always good. So Hughes is better when his defensemen are carrying the puck or hitting him for transition. Hughes has, Hughes has always been good. I think the Devils overall, and again, once you're playing from behind, you, you, your, your game is a little different, right? Once once the team starts to build a two, three goal sure. lead, you're just, your whole entire mindset, it's just a little different. And you try to open things up and then a good defense will shut you down and transition it the other way, totally. right? I think in game, I it was a different Hughes in game three, and I he didn't look like he didn't need anybody's help. To be honest with you, he was all over, and he's going to the middle of the ice. He's going to all the high danger areas. He, for a guy who's for for a guy who's a little on the small side, he has no qualms about going in there. And I think somebody's going to tell them, you guys cannot let him just freelance all over there. You can't let him go in the middle. You, someone's going to have to start putting a body on him. I'm not going to say that it's, it's going to be easy. He's fast. He's not a big target and he's shifty and he can stick him. Yeah. He's elusive. So yep. He, he can burn you. So you, when you do step up, you better make contact. I don't care if it's a little bit of contact, but you got to make sure you bump him or he's going to burn you. Cause if you, you miss, it's over. He's coming right. in and he's going to, he's going to get a glorious opportunity. And I, and I'm sound like I'm gushing over Hughes because rightfully so he should be gushed over right now. He is, he's, he is the devil's offense. He is absolutely every time he's on the ice, he builds momentum. Even if they don't score, he is a threat. And the Rangers right now, the last two games haven't really had a guy step up and be that threat. I think overall, their four lines are better. You wouldn't be able to tell that after last game because in the last game, it was like the Devils finally started to play them the same way they played them in the regular season. Yep. It's that that was the way the Devils played them in the regular season and gave the Rangers nothing but trouble. And when the Rangers, when they were confronted with that, instead of dumping it in and trying to outwork the Devils for the puck, which is what you have to do when it's all getting clogged up. You've got to, you just got to chip it in and you got to make a play down low and see what you could generate an offense or, or a penalty. That's what you got to do. The Rangers refused. And what the what the devils did beautifully is they, they gave, they gave the puck up along the boards and they simply waited for Panarin or whomever to make an East West pass that they picked off or deflected. Yep. Totally. And I think, and Gallant, Absolutely, he may not have called out Panarin by name or some other players by name, but he did say our weak side, our weak side winger was lazy, and you know, but yeah, he said. He, he, I think he said that they would ra- he would they would rather complain about to the linesman about well, winning faceoffs, and yes. and then he made a comment about they don't listen to me, and 
you, you think, I mean, you know the team, you know, as good as anybody. Do you think that they're going to respond to that well? I don't th- – again, I think they're pretty upset with themselves. I think whenever they've been called out, they have responded. And I – you know, I wrote about it today that Gallant needs to spark this team. He needs to do something. I think it started with that, but he's, you know, whatever it is at practice, he's got to do something. I don't think he's going to because I thought they would practice today and they didn't. I would have made them practice today. I don't right. care what made them practice. Uh, but I do believe what he did last year, right, prior to, <laughs> prior to game five against the Penguins, before they came back to win that series, being down 3-1, they had just played – they laid a – they laid an egg in Pittsburgh in game four. He had them do Herbie's, you know, hmm. movie miracle again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, <laughs> he, had, he had them do sprints up and down the ice. And some a, a, t- a team executive from another team now told me, he was like, that's unheard of. He's like, you at this time of year, you need to get your players rest. He goes, that's he might he might have won he might win the battle, but he may not win the war. I think I wrote, you know, I, I right. said last year. And I pulled that up today and I and I added it to that he needs to do something similar to spark them, whatever. Because if you're not gonna if you're not gonna pay the price on the ice when it counts during the game, then I'm gonna make you pay the price of practice. You know, so you're gonna pay a price and that's that's it. So I mean I think I think they'll respond. Like I said, I think they were going to respond anyway. But uh, let's see what uh, what they're made of, right? Is this supposed to be this is supposed to be a Stanley Cup contending team? You don't sure. get Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko because you you know maybe you'll win the cup. They they believe they'll, those were the pieces that were going to put them over after they went to the Eastern Conference Final, and that's great to have all that skill, but you've got to have the will. To me. That's what wins Stanley Cups. Skill combined with will. You can't have just one and win. Ask the Islanders. They had plenty of will, and they never got by the Tampa Bay Lightning to get to the Stanley Cup Finals when they had a decent team. You need skill combined with will. If you don't have them both, you will not win the Stanley Cup. Oh, man. This is going to be a real interesting next three games. I am so excited. I'll be headed up to the Rock on Thursday. Um and thanks so much for getting on. Can you why don't you why don't you let everybody know where they can catch you? Uh anybody who, who would be remotely interested in <laughs> Rangers content uh as a Devils fan can check out foreverblueshirts.com. But I also have a uh an NHL site called the dailygolhorn.com. Uh, and we've got plenty of stuff there for you too. Oh, awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, Anthony. And um Sort of, kind of, good luck uh, with the rest of the series. And sort of, kind of, good luck to you too. But you know what? <laughs> good luck to you and your podcast. I hope it takes off. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. It was a pleasure having you on. And uh, hopefully we talk again very soon. I got a couple of questions for you, Dad. Because I'm, I'm curious. I'm actually I'm curious to see how the, the Rangers respond to the uh, criticism that they received from their head coach, especially a room full of veterans. So, um well, you were watching. You were watching MSG, and I was watching ESPN. And ESPN always has the commentators going down onto the the bench, and they were asking him, "Well, what do you think of your team tonight?" And he was like, "Well, you could tell the Devils just win every battle along the boards. They they're at a higher compete level. They just want to win more." And you don't you don't really hear that that much. Yeah, he was giving it to him, and I think he knows that. 
you know, in, in his defense, I think he knows that he's dealing with veterans that are, you know, they're going to get the message. I mean, these aren't guys that they don't have, you know, you don't have to baby them. They're, they're grown men who have done this before, who have been in this kind of situation before, and he knows what he has to do to motivate them. Um, we had a couple of uh, questions that were asked of us. So uh, Nicole asked, in your opinion, did the Devils get their act together for games three and four, or were the Rangers off their game? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. What happened was the Rangers were in a position in games one and two where they got to play with a lead and that enabled them to sit back and play a really strong defensive game and really clog up the neutral zone. So the devils weren't able to play with speed. I think scoring the first goal in this series isn't super important um, because it could dictate the pace of play and pace of play is, is as much as you think it affects the devils because the devils like playing with speed, it affects the Rangers just as much because the Rangers want to kind of slow things down, play a heavier game, play a more controlled game because they don't want to have to get into a foot race with us. I think, I think the devils were a lot more patient with the puck and they were able to move the puck around, especially in the defensive zone, hold on to it and wait till they found something that they liked got it to their forwards, and then the forwards didn't try to press. They either, if they didn't have anything, they would dump it in, and they would live to see another day, and they would, you know, get a line change, or and the Devils became a little more opportunistic as to when they wanted to use their speed. That was the most important thing to me that I saw. Their execution was much better in their outlet passes, and their defense has played much better. Staying out of the box and killing penalties, I think, is paramount. But um, I think it was a combination of both. I think <clears throat> the, Ranger, <clears throat> the Rangers not having a big lead uh, lends itself to the Devils being able to use their speed and having more, uh, more open ice in the neutral zone. The second question I have is from uh, Andreas. So he said, going into rough, uh, going into rough's mind, Akira in game five and then Vitek in game six. Um, I hope he's not changing lines anymore. I prefer Halla on the third line. I get it too. Like, what do you think about what do you think about Halla on the third line compared to playing on the second line with Jack? Well, I think if he opens up the ice for Jack, you got to have him on the second line. I think uh, you know it worked pretty well. Worked pretty well the last couple games. Um, I think you know Schmid. There's. There's no question. He should just be in net until he doesn't, you know, he can't be in net. So you're a Hall on the second line guy now. I am. I am. And believe me, it's like I know I've changed my mind a lot, but it's you just you take it for what it's worth. You look at how they're playing and, you know, what works best for you. Yeah, I think Hall does a lot of the things that Jack might not be capable of doing or doesn't want to do right now or doesn't lend itself to Jack's game. Um I like Halla on the third line if Timo is going to play on the third line. So that's where Timo plays makes a big deal. Timo went from the first line down to the third line last night. And I I think that Timo and Halla can drive play with Boquist. So I really like that line. Um, if they're going to move Tatar back up to Nico's line, um, it, it sucks because Mercer is kind of the odd man out at this point. And right. I, I might rather see Mercer 
on the fourth line at that point. I, I really would. I, I'd rather see McLeod uh, and then probably Mercer and Lazar, really. I, I think Bastion's – there's no spot for him, but – You'd have to move. You have to move people around. Sharon Govich. I mean, I just you're not going to move Brat off of Nico's line at this point. No, you shouldn't move him off. And if they're going to keep Tatar up there, I would rather see uh, Jack playing with Hala and and Timo, and have move Palat down with Mercer and Boquist. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's a million ways to do it. I don't know. Um, I like. I like Jack playing with Halla and I like Halla centering a third line. So I don't think there's a wrong way to go. I think it matters where you put your key pieces. And Timo Meyer to me is a key piece who drives play by himself. You know, Lindy Ruff, he kind of like let out a little bit that, you know, people asked, is Timo Meyer hurt? And they said, he said, you know what? I, I don't think he is hurt, but if he was, we wouldn't know anyway. And right. And that and that is like a little bit of a uh, you know. Right. He, he he's, said he's banged up, and you could tell just the way the guys play. The guy plays. It's like, is there anybody that's more involved in every situation on the ice than Timo Meyer is? And he's got to cut the penalties down a little bit for sure. But I'd rather see him. You know, I don't want to see him take any penalties, but he's involved in every single play. And last night was not his best showing. By you know, definitely not. But um don't think that he's not going to be an important part of the rest of this series. Right. And Lindy also said that if he was hurt, he wouldn't let you know. That's what I just said. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's what I was okay. saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't listening to me, were you? No, I was listening. I thought, you, I thought you said something different. I thought you said that if he was hurt, you know, you wouldn't know it. Um, yeah, yeah. Lindy just, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I he, I thought you said I thought you said I thought like, you said no. You you said I thought you said <laughs> <laughs> he played, but he got he got beat pretty hard the night before. I mean, they were coming they were coming at him hard. He was going at everybody else hard, including uh, Shusterkin. The game three, it was like super physical. He took an elbow to the jaw. Um, you know, Goodrow got him pretty good. He is a beast, man. He is a beast. He's a beast, and he's just – he's not afraid. I mean, he's not going to back no. down from anybody. No, him taking the cross checks from Truba in, in game two in front of the net, he was just looking at him, like piercing through his soul, laughing at him while he was getting cross-checked. I was like, damn, this guy is freaking on another level. It's going to be good, man. I hope everybody that goes to the Rock really brings the energy. I mean – it, we sat through those two losses and we, we let the Rangers fans party in, in the rock and they were pretty, they made it pretty personal to me. And I, I hope that everyone that goes to the rock really brings their energy and really makes it a hostile environment for their fans to come into. It's like, there's going to be a lot of Ranger fans there for sure, but our team just came off of two really, really impressive wins and they did it the right way. They played a really structured, responsible, defensive game. Um, they're playing like they're playing like they've played in the playoffs before, which is which is really encouraging. So uh, Thursday night at the Rock is going to be insane. I'm going to be there early. We'll be hanging out in front of 
uh, American whiskey. Um, Dad, you're going to be joining us. We got Coleman coming, Age is coming, and then all the devil's personalities and everybody are going to be there too. Thank you guys for your support. And uh, I hope you guys all push this, uh, this hostility uh, card on, on the Ranger fans because, man, they are obnoxious. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have heard their comments last night. I mean, they, you heard the boo birds come out, and you had to love that. Yeah, so John was at the uh, – Borelli was at the game last night, and uh, he said he almost got into it with a Devils fan. Um, there was a, apparently a Devils fan that was going to get his ass kicked by an entire section that was turning around and yelling at everybody. He's like, this guy had no shame. And it's like, oh, that's, that's good to hear. So we're going to be at game six at the Garden, too. Oh, um, wait. And that's going to be a really good time. Anytime you get to see something at MSG, it's it's usually it's usually pretty fun. It's an experience. So, um, Dad, you got anything else for them? No, no, that's about it. I'm going to start walking right now because I know I can't rely that on my uh, United flight being on time. So, I will see you Thursday morning. Devils, Rangers, two, two. Game five. You are listening to the Trap Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Botch. Thank you all for t- tuning in. And thanks to Forever Blue Shirts for joining the show. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Kyle. Let's go, Devils.